I'm not gonna beat around the bush. Mark is dead. He died. Some people, I forget what the what the scientific explanation was, but what some people are saying is that his brain got so small, he just couldn't breathe anymore. Hey, everybody, we're back on the Power Four. Damn it. I am back. I've returned from the dead. <laughs> um, Thomas. Yep. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. How are you been? Dude, I hate work. I hate school. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's turning on negative. No, really? No, I'm just tired all the time. Oh, okay. It's not too. so bad. Me I mean, too. working at public isn't the worst. Yeah. We have a very chilly day today, um, and we're also recording this at Thomas's house mm. today. Very, very nice. Over my house on a cool, comfy, cold February 21st yes. day. It's very, very strange. Um, but I'm glad you're doing good. I know I haven't mentioned this before, but I recently bought a lightsaber from saberforge.com. That was about a month ago. Haven't even gotten the the confirmation that it's shipped. I'm a little upset. I, I want to play a, with my lightsaber. I'm a little upset for you too. And I even knew too. I was like, I told you, man. I feel like they. Well, I know that's what they say, but I knew a guy who got his lightsaber like a month after he purchased it, and I was like, I purchased mine right after he did. So there's something going on. Yeah, well, we'll find out later, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, then you ready to go? Ready to go. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it. Our next guest on the Power of Four is an OXA alum here in Osceola County and is currently working with two acting companies, Phantasmagoria and Projects Number 19. Please welcome to the show, Olivia Tyndall. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank of you course. for coming and showing up and um, of course. being on time. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, me and Olivia have been uh, good friends since uh, back in... The heyday of Osceola mm. Center for the Arts, I believe. Childhood. Yes. <laughs> so you went to, you were an alumni from Oxa. Did you, is that, you didn't go to Oxa? I did not. I did. No, How'd you no. guys meet? There were a lot of crossovers between the St. Cloud troop mm. and yes. the yes. Oxa chums. Back, um, back before like, the, the gang territory started. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. They yeah. were all separated. Mm-hmm. All yeah. separated. Um, I think uh, the very first thing we had worked on together was Into the Woods. Yeah, you were the wolf. I was. And I was the narrator. narrator. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and that's how that's how it all started, I believe. Yeah. Um, I remember you not liking, because you don't like Sondheim. I really don't. Yeah. I really do not enjoy Sondheim. <laughs> really so, so, Sondheim? Is that the guy, who, the guy yeah, who... Yeah, yeah, Stephen yeah, yeah. Sondheim. Yeah. Sweeney, wait, wait. Sweeney Todd. Is, is he the guy who wrote those? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. You know, I have a friend on Instagram. I went to middle school with her and she recently posted a picture of her standing outside of the broadway showing of west side story with a sign that said oh yes sexual assault should not be applauded i'm kind of like i'm not sure how i feel about that do you know the whole story well, of west side story no the whole that why that's there's happening. an actor in it who who has been alleged against alleged, okay. yes <laughs> I, I got you i got you um feels like the story itself will get the story you know right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but uh, how long, uh, even before we met, did you just started doing acting? I started actually at the center, now known as Osceola Arts, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when I was 11 in the children's theater program there. I did High School Musical 2 and was the sock puppet lady in like the talent show portion. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I hated it. I hated it so much. I wept. My best friend had to like shove me onto the stage. <laughs> I could not stand it. But then I just kind of kept doing it and eventually mm-hmm. it worked out. What's your favorite <laughs> song from High School Musical 2? Probably gotta go my own way. I think that's a wow. showstopper. Wow. That's the that, that's the that's one. The that's the one by um. What is it? Fle- Fleetwood Mac. Oh. That's it. You can go your own way. What? <laughs> yeah, that's. I didn't know High School Musical two did that. <laughs> it's actually just a jukebox musical. Oh yes. Oh yeah, that'd be. 
Those are awesome. Mm -hmm. I love those. Um, <laughs> are you originally from Florida? I am, kind of. I mean, I was born in Winter Park, so yes, officially. Uh, um, but I. <laughs> Are you from Florida? Well, yes, but no. Let, I was born in Florida. Let me explain, <laughs> please. I traveled a lot growing up, so before I like started acting, that was the thing actually that grounded me here was deciding to like commit to children's theater, and then I got into soccer and a bunch of things. But before that, I traveled around like my entire childhood, so uh -huh. it doesn't necessarily feel like it sometimes. But yes. I got you. I yeah. got you. And then you moved up to Osceola County, Kissimmee area when? Uh, like, uh, I have lived in the same house my whole life, officially. You know? Oh. Mm -hmm. But, like I said, kind of lived in hotel rooms for a while, traveling around. So. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have a sister, yes. Mm -hmm. Older or younger? Younger. Nice. Mm -hmm. You guys have really cool names, too. I always like Olivia, Isabeau. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I have a cousin named Olivia. Do you? You are much nicer than she is. Thanks. Yeah, so I uh, initially auditioned for OXA because my best friend, Lauren Bowen, <laughs> dragged me into auditioning because she had just started as a freshman there. Um, and we were friends through children's theater. Um, and she, she dragged me to auditions. And I was hesitant because uh, I grew up homeschooled and traveling around with my family. So I had never been in a public institution. And it was very daunting, especially... Mm -hmm. Oxa is a unique beast. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't sure what I was getting into at all, but I went to the audition and I was like, you know what, if I get in, we'll take it from there, we'll reassess. Um, and I ended up getting in and going and really enjoying it for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, it's changed a lot over the years and especially since I was there. They now have up like a gate and stuff, which was so not the Oxa I knew while I was mm -hmm. there. Like people would run wild. We did this thing called recruitment. Um, which is basically because it's an auditioned school, we would go around to middle schools and perform. Like I did a monologue from You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we had like a band that would go and stuff. Uh -huh. um, just a little group of us. And we'd travel around to middle schools and perform and like sign autographs for the middle schoolers <laughs> and uh -huh. weird things like that. So there are a lot of opportunities at OXA that I don't think I would have gotten elsewhere. Or I, I was zoned for Harmony High School. Um, I went there for a year. Did you really? You know, in the last episode we just recorded, I talked about going to Harmony High School. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say anything more about it now because, you know. But if you want to know about it. Yeah, go, <laughs> go, go watch that last episode. Exactly. <laughs> uh, All right. So a lot, a lot of times on the show, when we usually have someone um, who's just recently graduated, mm -hmm. we usually uh, would sometimes start in the beginning of senior year, just kind of go from there. But something that's very interesting about your senior year, I remember we were doing the summer program, one of the summer programs uh, that year, and you were you had just graduated, and yes, correct me if I'm wrong, 19 colleges <laughs> you applied on. for? <laughs> yep, <laughs> 19 whole colleges, it was quite a process. Why, why 19 colleges? Um, initially, I was really determined to not go into the arts as a career, mm. uh, so I applied to a bunch of like Duke and, and like relatively higher end things, hoping that I would get into that and just take the academic like English route or something. Uh -huh. um, and then eventually, as I was writing all of these essays and the questions were like, what do you love most in the world? What do you want to devote your entire <laughs> being to? And I was like, ah, Christ, <laughs> uh -huh. I guess I do want to be an actor. Uh, so then I decided to apply to four BFA programs um, and that was 
toward the end of the process. So basically I just threw my net as widely as I could throw it and it sort of worked out. I mean, it was exhausting naturally, but uh, yeah, in the end it, it could have been worse. <laughs> oh, okay. So see, that, that helps a lot because I remember hearing that and no one gave direct detail, but you yeah. 19 colleges, so you applied for them before like theater programs Yes, right. Kind of. It it just accumulated. Okay. okay. <laughs> Basically, I couldn't narrow it down, and then found ways to get a bunch of free applications and stuff. So I just kind of sent things in and mm -hmm. saw what happened, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And when did when did where did you end up going? Uh, initially, I ended up going to Smith College, which mm -hmm. is a women's school in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. um, and then I didn't fit in well. I guess mm -hmm. is the best way to phrase it. Um, it's really, really liberal, which I thought I would enjoy, um, but I think because it's a women's school, they focus a lot on STEM, and the arts are just kind of a side project. Yeah, kind of, it's yeah. a lot of people take it as electives and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so the professors and everything were lovely, very educated, but the students were not like trying to make a career out of the arts. Mm -hmm. uh, so I ended up transferring to Muhlenberg College in Pennsylvania. Um, and that was very much the opposite. Like everyone there was a theater major um, mm. and there was a big sense of community. It was another like private schools, same kind of style, mm -hmm. but um, co-ed this time as well. Um, mm. And that, yeah, that ended up being great. It was a, a BA program, which I was hesitant about going into. Right. But it basically functioned as a BFA with a little bit more theory, uh -huh. which I really enjoyed. And I guess to give everybody a little bit more context, if I can remember correctly, because mm -hmm. it's been a while, a BFA is more concentrated on the major that you go into. Right. So if you were doing strictly theater, you only would be doing theater. And a BA is more like overround, like theater, tech. Uh, yeah. Music. So the BFAs are like you only audition for a BFA program if you are certain that you want to be studying say, the musical theater program you audition for, mm -hmm. you will only study musical theater. In most cases, there's mm -hmm. some variance, obviously. Um, and it's more of a conservatory-style program, so you, you focus on acting or whatever your discipline is, lighting design, set design, things like that, um, exclusively. Whereas a BA program takes into account um, history and literature and um, more of a, a general education and then flowing all of that into your your niche, your focus. <laughs> I gotta say, um, while Olivia's talking, we're doing this <laughs> in my house, right? My dog Gracie is just all over her, mm -hmm. just like, pet me, she pet me, love me. Love. I know. Why but, so she's, she's answering these questions like a champ, totally not even <laughs> acknowledging that my dog is doing this. But. Gotta keep my priorities straight. I know. Puppy comes first. Um, so you said just now uh, you studied abroad um, in Italy. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, how was your time there? It was great. I was in a physical theater program um, at a place called the Academia dell'Arte, mm -hmm. and it uh, focused a lot on Commedia dell'Arte, which is an Italian theater style from way back in the day that used a lot of masks mm -hmm. um, and dealt with a lot of uh, politically incorrect material. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's interesting uh, to reflect on that from a 2019 perspective mm -hmm. um, and also to get to like goof around and mm -hmm. do improv and masks and stuff mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was fun to explore the little town it was called Arezzo um, and it was kind of idyllic it was 
very odd coming from America. Oh. <laughs> it was like a castle. They had walls surrounding the like downtown area. Ooh, it was very, cool. very interesting. Very nice. Yeah. So I, and what, what year was this again that you were there? This was the first semester of my senior year, technically. So it was 2019 already. Um, and, or wait. Oh, it was 2019. No, it was 2018. Like, yeah, yeah. It was fall yeah. of 2018. She just got here. <laughs> fall of 2018. And then, yeah, I graduated in the spring. Mm. It was did, a weird did you, process. Did you learn any Italian? I learned a lot, and I think I've forgotten every bit of it at this mm. point, which is tragic. Also, because I live in such a Hispanic area, like the Spanish and Italian are really similar, so it's all mushed together in my brain. Like, I can't tell what's what anymore. Oh. So, I did want to know Italian. Mm. <laughs> what was the. Never mind. I'm going to butcher it. My, teach, my, my history teacher likes to curse at us in Italian. There are some crazy curses. Oh. Whenever, whenever we. Do you know any? There's one. Just say, offend all of our Italian listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Cazzo. There we go. There we go. Uh, there's one, though, that's like a legitimate curse, but people use it as like a curse word, but it's a phrase, and it's like, curse your mother and your cousin and your uncle and your dog. <laughs> like, oh, I hope you rot in hell forever. And it's all in Italian, and it's all blurred together. Oh, it's so gosh. funny. Well, that's awesome. That's good. I want to go to Italia now. <laughs> So, uh, off air just now, we were just talking to Olivia about veganism. Why are you so quiet, Mark? Why am I so quiet? Be a little quiet? bit louder. We're, I'm a, I'm, we're, in a, we're, in a, we're not in the public area. We're in my house. Oh, why are you yelling? Anyways, so Olivia no, no, said no, that no, she no, was, no, she no, was no. a vegan, right? And Apologies, that was me and Thomas just fighting. Um, go, go right ahead. Okay, so Olivia said that she's vegan. We didn't know this. Mm -hmm. And she was abroad in Italy, and Italy is a lot of... A lot of sausage, a lot of meat, you know, pepperoni, mm -hmm. salami. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Just list them. Uh, well, those are, those are the two meats I know. That's <laughs> about it. How was it being vegan in Italy during your time there? It was rough. <laughs> what did you eat mostly? Um, well, I was fortunate in that at the school I was studying at, they had like a private chef. So he would take the time to, there were a couple of us who were like vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free. So he would make a meal that was like separate um, for us to partake in, which was very kind. Um, but then out and about, it was not a fun time. Um, most of the time, I did sometimes have to eat like butter. I think I had pizza once just, just because... Butter? No, no, no! Like, <laughs> just I just munched butter. I know, uh, just straight like, off the rack. Yo, cool. you see Olivia in the corner? With just those, with those pickle <laughs> butter. <just> like, <laughs> but, butter's not even vegan, though. So. No, that's what I'm saying. Is sometimes uh, they they put sage and butter on pasta a lot, and like that's usually the non-meat option. So I would much rather eat dairy than meat personally. Mm -hmm. uh, so there were a couple of times where I would eat sage and butter on pasta or something, just because the other options were often literally. Just just lettuce at a yeah, maximum. I was gonna say, like, uh, other than like just basic noodles, you know, mm -hmm. like what what other options? I mean, I think the only things Italian people eat is bread and spaghetti, you know. But yeah, it was set with bread for sure. Yeah, <laughs> just dry like, bread. Yeah, because um, but I'm like they they have other things there. But I'm like, so what would you put on your spaghetti if you don't put your sauce on there? If you don't put the the, the cheese on there yeah i actually really like putting just salt on pasta sometimes or salt? balsamic vinegar this was my haven for balsamic vinegar. balsamic vinegar i will put it on anything and it's lovely and they had high quality vinegar there oh, so that's true. That's true. <laughs> that, it doesn't even have to be imported it's just there yeah it's just there that's cool yeah so, so 
Why why did you you said that you were vegan before because your sister had a bunch of kidney problems when she was born? Yes. Um oh, you're vegetarian, but why are why are you vegan? Um I never really thought about it growing up um because I was homeschooled and I didn't really have to deal with kids like bullying me about it or, uh-huh. or questioning it that much. Um and then eventually I went to Oxa as we've discussed and um, started hanging out with more people my own age and they would comment on it and I'd have to like defend it to people even though it was something that was just kind of inherent for me uh-huh. um, so I had to go like research things and like gather evidence to support my my conclusion essentially um, and then I spiraled, spiraled from there and I learned all of these other things and more about the dairy industry and how that's equally as bad and, and health concerns and all of that so um, yeah it it was spawned by the public, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, it was. That's pretty funny. It's like they're like, "Why are you vegetarian? That's stupid." And they just they ultimately are the reason you became a vegan, right? Mm-hmm. There was um, you know, I don't I don't have a problem with vegans, and I don't I think it's kind of ridiculous that people do have a problem with vegans. I mean, like, thank like, you, I agree. <laughs> the, 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 this is the only time that I'm like, okay, I sort of understand. Um, the, you know, this off the record or theoretically, there could be a person I work with at Publix mm-hmm. who could be a vegan mm-hmm. who could also be very adamant about trying to transfer or trying to um other transform people other as people. well to be vegan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um this theoretical person could be very adamant about doing this constantly all the time at that point i'm like keep it to yourself man mm-hmm. yeah there there comes a certain balance i think you have to find because it's not like choosing to be a vegan is equivalent to choosing to be gluten-free for example because it involves lives Uh so it i i understand why people are so adamant about it and i certainly am like personally um but i think that also it must be understood that like you're saying trying to patronize people into making the choice or shame Uh them is not effective (laughs) yeah Um, it's it's, i mean i mean i think right Personally, I think in the next like thirty or forty years, I think the whole country is going to be majority vegan. I, think I hope so. We're well on the way. Like even just throughout my lifetime, <clears throat> the progress is crazy. I'm thinking about in the past ten years, ten years ago, do you think anyone would have been vegan? Like, you could no, I lived it. They weren't. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I think I think about it now. It's like in the past two or three years, restaurants are adding vegan options. Yeah. The fast food chains are going yeah. to vegan burgers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I'm like. At the end of the day, people don't eat meat because they because they're like, oh, I just like eating something that's I, that's been killed. They're like I like meat because it tastes good. And as as soon as these places and like my big thing, I could not give up mac and cheese, just dairy. That's the big part. Oh, there are some great substitutes now, that's though. The, well, mm-hmm. the, the the theoretical guy I was talking about uh-huh. may or may not have given me some mm-hmm. imaginary mm-hmm. uh mac and cheese and i was d- didn't do it didn't do it for me what brand was it give me the deets oh he made it himself oh, he really? could have made it himself okay mm-hmm. okay um i can't even have dairy i, yeah. I just i just join the club it work <laughs> that, we'll have a vegan anymore. mac and it's cheese really, party <laughs> it's just like it's dairy because like uh, ice cream yeah love pizza no uh, i understand that <laughs> um i think i could i can honestly i think i could go without meat the hardest would be chick-fil-a mm-hmm. you know i love me some chick-fil-a honestly though i think chicken substitutes are like the obviously i've never had meat but <laughs> i've also had other people tell me this chicken <laughs> substitutes are the best I, out I of think, all the options i think chicken is like the yeah. most easily to replicate mm-hmm. taste i mean when whenever anyone tries any type of meat ever first thing is like, oh it tastes like chicken yeah <laughs> so it's it's a pretty yeah I, the thing is like chicken by itself i mean i've had rotisserie chicken is literally just they cook it and they give it to you 
bland. Exactly. It's almost flavorless. It's all the, it's all the, because I, I originally thought, you know, if someone give me vegan chicken, how do they make it taste like that? Mm. Unless there is something related to chicken that they put in there. But it's like, no, <laughs> it, it, this chicken tastes like that literally just because of all the seasoning we put in there. Right. So you I'm, can do with almost anything. I'm so tired of people, uh, often restaurants, like a salad bar or something, just having like raw tofu cubes out. Like, you wouldn't put out raw chicken chunks for mm-hmm. someone to eat without any seasoning, n- uncooked. Yeah, That's yeah. not the equivalent. <laughs> like, people eat that, and then they're like, oh, vegan food? Nasty. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're eating a raw chicken chunk, yeah, it's yeah. going to be bad. Um, <laughs> it's not your, how it works. What's your favorite vegan food? Mm, I Actually, mac and cheese is great. Have you tried the brand Daya? I have not. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll gift you some, literally, oh, really? because awesome. it's really, really good. I also, you know, I, I work at Publix. Yes, there, they have I, it at Publix. I see a lot of people buy vegan foods, mm-hmm. and I think possibly the greatest adherent to veganism is that it is a little bit more expensive. Not necessarily. Um, it depends on how you do it. If you use only substitutions then it is expensive because it's not subsidized, which is an entire (laughs) different can of worms I could get into. Um, But if you operate uh, based off of the same principles you had as a meat eater and you just replace meat with substitute meat, it's expensive. But if you modify your diet um, and make it a little bit healthier, then you can buy whole grains and vegetables and fruit and Mm. a bunch of things that are really cheap. Um, So it depends on if you're also committing to it in a health way you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um a lot of people uh i know who i've kind of helped like transition into veganism uh have gone from meat eating and then they'll kind of use substitutes for a while to get used to it and then eventually Mm -hmm. they phase the substitutes out and just kind of go for a a whole food style Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's really effective so in the long run it doesn't have to be there was um oh another thing is uh i guess the if I was to go vegan, it would be more for um, the animal cruelty part. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. I support. <laughs> um, there is an a egg manufacturer or man, egg farm that public sells their eggs. Um, mm-hmm. What they're called, like free free farm chicken eggs. It's a lie. Is it a lie? It's a lie. Because the whole thing <laughs> no. is supposed to be they're cruelty-free, and they have that no, no. picture of the chicken of the week. There's no such thing as cruelty-free animal products. Really? If they are telling you that, it's false. Unless you can verify that it is like a small, not factory-farmed mm. farm. You know, like a family-owned, yeah. tiny operation. Then perhaps. But I would argue, and a lot of people would argue, that it's still inhumane to do that to an animal on any level you know what i mean um but often what egg companies especially will do is they'll label all of their packages with that they'll lie as much as they want because there are no regulations on that um and they're actually a giant factory farm cruelty is eminent and they're Mm -hmm. exactly the same as as another egg producer or whatever interesting Interesting. they they've figured out the game and are trying to hack it Mm, but yeah (laughs) because i mean you can't lie about what's in your food but you can lie about where it came from Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i guess after this the three of us are gonna make a mac and cheese club (laughs) so currently you're working with this company can you name it again for me please phantasmagoria in orlando uh-huh Heck of a name. Uh, how did you uh start working with them uh now i actually auditioned like two days after i graduated from college mm-hmm. um i came back home and went out to this massive audition that i didn't feel at all prepared for mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not my element and then it ended up 
going really well. And I happened to get in. Um, and it is run by a brilliant, brilliant man and huge personality in the Orlando theater scene, um, John Didana. And he has just been so gracious and kind and welcoming uh, and is really invested in not only Phantasmagoria and all of his other efforts in the community, but in helping the individuals who are in Phantasmagoria, and he's a professor in his classes and everything, helping them find ways to grow. Um, so he's he's helped me with uh, finding agents and like a whole bunch of different things. Um, and Phantas is a really unique beast. It is a Victorian horror circus. Mm. Um, and it's hard to explain in words, but <laughs> basically we, we tell uh, tales from Victorian era literature. So we do a lot of Edgar Allan Poe um, and things like that. And we do it in a spooky fashion and involve a lot of circusy elements. Like uh, we have a, a guy who is a knife thrower um, and does whip work and mm -hmm. a bunch of crazy things. Um, yeah, it's a wacky, wacky time. <laughs> Um, and, uh, how, how long have you been with them now? Or like, how does, how does it work? So do you guys, uh, perform in a specific area all the time or do you guys go to different places in Orlando to perform? How does that work? The latter. So we are based in Orlando. Um, once you audition and get into the troupe, you're basically in for as long as you would like to be. Okay. Um, and there are both shows that you can partake in and just little one-off gigs kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, and... Uh, forgot where I was going entirely I right guess, there. Yeah, <laughs> Just, like I guess you guys performing in. Other yes. Okay. Places. So we're based in Orlando, but we travel around to different places. Like we had a, a Christmas show in Ocala, uh -huh. um, in December, and uh, yeah, I would say we never go further than like two hours yeah, away. Not, I believe, but yeah, the Central Florida area bunch mm -hmm. of different venues and stuff yeah i never heard of it until i started seeing uh just advertisement of you doing mm -hmm. it so how's your time been there so far it's great it's such a good time <laughs> there's a lot of opportunities to make it into whatever you want to be it's also fun because uh once you audition and get into the troupe you start to build your own personal character so my character is isla and i am isla in every single show or gig i do with them mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's it's like very um, cool. What was the uh, Miss Cochran did a show called um, Transformations, or is yeah? Oh, Godspell. Godspell is the one where every time Broadway does it or it is performed, the characters in the show, their name becomes whoever they're being played by. Mm -hmm. Our one of our teachers or professors in um, at Valencia, Donald Roop, he is a friend who's who's named George. I forget, but um, he's in Godspell, and so his character's name in the script is now George. Mm -hmm. That's pretty interesting. So it's some, yeah. something akin to that. So again, tell me the show of what you're working on also doing. Um, yes. I keep forgetting it already. <laughs> Phantasmagoria. Yes, yes. And also now in the fri Fringe. Yes. Um, with the show... Prometheus Bound mm -hmm. with Max Pinsky of mm. Project Number Nineteen. Mm. That's the guy who stole the fire mm. and is chained to Mount Olympus. You or got it. Is it Mount something else? Uh, it's just like a rock, I believe. Yeah. And then, and then some, <laughs> some birds come down and they steal his liver every day. Yes, repeatedly. Um, and uh, this was just you recently started. This yes. 
Yes, we've only had a, a few rehearsals, and our show isn't until May, so it's a nice, luxurious mm. process. Is the show about Prometheus? <laughs> in essence, yes. Okay. There are a bunch yeah. of other gods who come yeah, in. Okay, and... I'm going to say, it's, like, it's literally just a man getting his liver eaten. Like... <laughs> it's, it's about his punishment, essentially, because mm. Zeus got all mad when Prometheus made humans. Oh, he gave, it was, uh, he gave the fire. I think that yeah. was the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. He I made heard... the humans, and then he gave them knowledge and fire yeah, and all like, of that. Was, I, think, I think he gave them knowledge, too. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing Zeus was pissed about. Yes. I hate Greek mythology, because it's all... It's, all the gods are, like, literally just humans with more power and get moody, and they're like, man... <laughs> That's why it's interesting, though. It's just, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. toddlers with superpowers. <laughs> um, and so you're, you're, both, you're working on those things at the same time, right? Yes. Awesome. Yes, yes. Um... So I guess with doing this now, um, where do you see uh, all these opportunities opening up for you now with these shows? Are you going to continue doing shows or places like uh, audition for places around here? Or are you really looking to go out? Uh, that's something that I debate all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, in the long run, I know that I want to be an acting professor. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of keeping that in mind. I still have to, you know, acquire a master's degree to make that happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the meantime, I want to do as much work as I can mm-hmm. um, on the professional level. So whether that keeps me in Orlando um, or takes me perhaps to Atlanta or somewhere like that, um, I'm kind of willing to follow the work for the time being and build up my resume and get some more experience. And then I will apply to grad programs and mm-hmm. kind of and, flow and so into there. Is the acting you're doing now, is that like your career you get paid to do this stuff? or? I do get paid for Phantaz, uh, mm. and for project number 19, we're not sure yet. It depends on ticket sales, essentially. If right. we make a profit, if then you, we profit, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you make the profit whenever you do the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm. Well, that's good. That's super good. I mean, a lot of people, or the, the people we know who are doing theater, like at the art, at the center, mm-hmm. um, or in uh, at the Dr. Phillips, they're not getting paid for any of it. Right. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks. It really does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's unfortunate. I was thinking the other day about how, like, no one no one asks plumbers to plumb for free. Yeah. But because people enjoy acting yeah. and therefore make it a hobby also, it, like, and that's delegitimizes it, that's the, the, you That's know. the hardest part about Because, I mean, I, everyone here, Mark, me, you, we all want to be actors. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing about it is it's, like, so hard to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> it's like we, lo- we we all I love it. I would do it the rest of my life if I could. But it's just like I, I that is why I ultimately chose not to go to a college for it. It's just like it's it's very risky. Yeah. I know sometimes you have to risk to get rewarded, but I'm like that's for me it's a little too much. Yeah, but, I understand that for sure. But I mean, like, for you, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, you know? I I honestly, if I hadn't known kind of early on that I wanted to be an acting professor I don't know that I would have gotten my undergraduate degree Mm -hmm. I learned a lot like obviously very very grateful for that experience but like you're saying it's not necessary and because the acting industry is what it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) it makes things more difficult if you have payments you know it's very like Mm -hmm. it's like luck I mean I hate saying something is luck based because if you work hard you know you can right but, Past a certain point, but, it's luck-based but yeah, for there sure. Is, I mean, it's definitely, there, there is some luck involved. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's regardless of talent. If you look the part, or if you are what they, they need, then that's it. You know, they, right. they got you. Yeah. Um, no, but some people work super hard to get where they are, and, you know, good for, good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I generally think of it as, like, 
I think everyone works hard. Everyone has made the decision to pursue acting, and that's a like you're saying a risky choice to make. Mm-hmm. So I think that everyone who's gotten success has worked hard for it. It's just a matter of like you're saying, like once you hit that threshold and have kind of secured your place amongst mm-hmm. the the baseline of like yeah. success, then do you get chosen by the gods, yeah. if you will? Because that's that's. I that's think because I, I, I think that's probably the hardest part is getting to that point where even if it's only a little money you're getting paid to do it mm-hmm. you know because it, it really because I mean when um whenever when I was in high school and I was I was doing these uh, these productions it was like every night I would I would work on it and it's like as an as an older person you know I, I think now like how valuable time is and I'm like it would really suck to put all this time and this effort and all this, all my life into this thing. And it's just like, I'm not saying I would do it for the money, but it sucks to do it all and not get, mm-hmm. not get any money for it. You know? <laughs> yes. Agreed. Agreed. It's unfortunate. And it's odd in the Orlando scene also, because theme parks are such a huge part of they entertainment. Mm-hmm. And obviously you do get paid for that, but mm-hmm. it's not like it's traditional. Not not yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's not a production. That's typically. What my, my mom and dad were like, you should, that's acting. You should do that. I'm like, no, it's, it's fake <laughs> acting. It's, it's acting like it's acting. You know? <laughs> There's no no f- creative freedom to do anything there, and it's yeah. like you know it's a wage job, and you know it it's like going in for a shift. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, but that the one thing about performing, and why I guess uh, it's so amazing the way it feels good is because it's it's fleeting. You do the production for a week or two, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. Do the next one, and that's what makes it so great. Mm-hmm. I to me, if I was doing the same production for like ever, I, it wouldn't feel the same. I know the guy who plays Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof. Well, not maybe not now, but before I did it for like forty years. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, he must really like that mm-hmm. show. That was um, my cousin actually uh, has played Roxy in Chicago for like I think twenty years at this point or something, and it's it's the same situation. Mm-hmm. Like it becomes her job, like any other normal person's job. You know, like mm-hmm. you do what you want during the day, and then at night you go to the theater, you do the thing that you're accustomed to doing. And you go about your business. And, like, I think it depends on what scale you're doing that at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if you're doing it on Broadway, I think that makes sense because you still have time and freedom to do other things with yeah. your time. You know what I mean? Um, and your job just happens to be very cool. Mm-hmm. But on a smaller scale, it gets more difficult. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I'll give you the count. So I think going into the arts is something that you have to choose on a daily basis and maybe even smaller than that, like second by second, you have to kind of justify your choice to yourself, which is uncommon, I think. Um, But what that does really nicely is it keeps you motivated uh, because you can't lose sight of why you chose it in the first place uh, and how it's evolving along with you. Um, And I think that that is something throughout the past lifetime of acting that I've I've learned uh, is to repeatedly choose to pursue the arts. Uh, And it's silly, but I think when it comes down to it, there's there's a, a Robin Williams quote from, I think, Dead Poets Society, where that's like, uh, 
accounting and finances and history. Those are all, you know, the things that humanity has to do to stay alive, to stay functioning. But arts and literature and English, those are the reasons why people stay alive. I think that is what it comes down to, <laughs> um, is you have to find your own purpose. Um, and it also doesn't mean that you have to only commit yourself to the arts, which is, I think, a lesson that I've definitely learned, is you don't have to make acting your entire life, although it sometimes feels like you do. Um, you can keep it separate and still be yourself and have other hobbies. Um, it is it is a career and a passion, so you have to find the balance between that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys.
That was very sarcastic. I did not like how you did that. <laughs> okay, I'll give you the count. This is Olivia Tyndall. Thanks for listening to The Power of Four. Ooh, I like how she did that. <laughs> did you just want the like yeah, said, words, yeah, like the chunk, <laughs> like Olivia yeah, Tyndall, like, Power of Four? Fine, Wex, like so different. It was like instead of saying, "My name is this, this is the Power of Four," you said, "My name is this." Thank you for listening to the Power of Four. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was good. I can <laughs> say it plainly if you'd prefer. <laughs> it's all good. And Mark just like, oh my god, I've never in my life. That's incredible. Thomas.